Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, that was Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigar you've been listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. We're coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop's radio headquarters in Hooksit, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google, basically wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Pastor Patron, and I'm here with Paul, Nick, Dave in the producer's chair, Kendra, the potion master, is here with us tonight from Woo. 724 Lounge. And we have three guests tonight, the first of which is the king of Coroa, Christian Aroa from CLE Cigars, and his New England rep, Jimmy Price, my high school buddy. You guys really want to AKA Barney Rubble with us in the second half of the show for the pipe tobacco. But uh, this is going to be one great show, people. And feel free to put questions in the comments who are watching live on Facebook. We'll be able to answer those. I'm hearing myself in my ear. We're going to be, if you want to ask Christian a question or Mark Mormar a question in the second half of the show, just put it in the comments so we can see it, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. But we're excited to have everybody here tonight. So we are smoking for the cigar, the Aroa First 20 Years, Colorado 54 by 6. Christian, you want to tell us a little bit about this cigar, what we're smoking here? The Colorado. Colorado means reddish, and I got that idea for that cigar. It took me almost 20 years to make it happen. One of my... That's uh, perfectly named, then. Because huh, <laughs> what happened was I went to my, when my very first trip to Germany. I saw the uh, first time I saw Cohiba cigars was like in 95, 96 when I went there. Okay. And I remember seeing those wrappers look so pretty, that, that reddish color. And I always <laughs> knew I wanted to come up with a cigar with that color. And then I couldn't do it until I did this new company, mainly because I needed to be able to uh, cure the tobacco a lot more slowly than we used to back in Camacho. And, you know, we had to take the second priming and third priming and ferment it very slowly. Where, uh, and we needed a, to be in an environment where we could take our time fermenting the tobacco. And that is that, that's what precisely why we also made that cigar box press. Because mm. the colors stand out a lot more. And, uh, I, you know, and we wanted to make it a, a medium body cigar. The wrapper, of course, helps the cigar be a medium body, and uh, but it also I wanted to let anybody who really wanted to try a cigar, and I didn't want want to intimidate anybody from trying it because it really is a great cigar. I just wanted as many people as possible to enjoy it. That's fantastic. So, what's the makeup of this? It's a Honduran Corojo wrapper. Everything, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And Kendra. 
we have paired something with this cigar to drink. What are we imbibing? So we're drinking the uh, Knob Creek 12 beer. I'm sorry, I can't deal with it hearing myself. <laughs> <laughs> so this was just released in May of this year, and I just noticed it on the shelves in New Hampshire for the last couple weeks. Um, it's 100 proof, and it is a wonderful bourbon, really enjoyable, really smooth, um, a ton of vanilla in the front, and a quick just dry, spicy finish. So in my mind, this is a smooth, um, medium to mild cigar, I believe. And this is really going to complement in a, in a great way. I think we're going to enjoy this tonight. Um, a lot of vanilla in this bourbon. It's a 75% corn in the mash bill. So that's where you're going to get a lot of that, like blast of vanilla, caramel, um, just a ton of sweetness, but then just a, a, a just a very small amount of spice. Oh yeah. Mm. And how, how do you guys drink the Knob Creek? Ice, water, neat. Neat. We're neat. drinking it. We're yeah. drinking it neat. That's you got something there? You're drinking with your cigar? Uh, no, sir. Actually, I'm not. I'm doing a course <laughs> this week, and I can't drink this week. I have to do, have to do a lot of flying okay. this week. There's nothing wrong with that. This cigar goes with a lot of uh, non-alcoholic beverages. <laughs> yeah, you see, I like whiskey, man. Whiskey is, is the way to drink, uh, to smoke cigars, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. nice and neat. If it's beaded, I'll, I'll, I'll drop a little water in it. But sure. I, I'm stuck between, uh, yeah, I like whiskey. There's nothing else. Because I think it dries your throat out just perfectly well. Mm -hmm. And when you drink it, and someone taught me just, just recently, two or three years ago, when you're drinking whiskey or, or anything you're trying, you want to be able to, to go around your tongue a couple loops mm -hmm. and, because that wakes up your taste buds because we actually never even use our taste buds underneath our tongues. And you do that, I mean, it just wakes them up and, and the whiskey just does it to you. You haven't tried it with bourbon, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same same effect. Mm -hmm. It's going to do it just the same way. Uh, but that, yeah, man, I, I envy you guys. So like <laughs> you guys we'll, we'll, have one, we'll have a glass for you. Yes, sir. For sure, next time we're going to do it. Oh my gosh. What are the initial thoughts here on the cigar? Paul, what do you think? How this is going with the pairing and everything? I got to tell you, when I was lighting the cigar up, I got a tremendous amount of cedar right mm. off the bat. Uh, it was fantastic. It's probably the only cigar that gave me that much cedar on the light. Mm. Um, it settled down a bit. Uh, it's bringing out some really nice, smooth, uh, woody notes, uh, very creamy, um, just a little bit of maybe cinnamon too in it. But uh, just a really, really smooth, well-balanced cigar. Love this. You know, what you're feeling is part of the idea from the beginning was, you know, the, the one thing that really, and I understand that this is the only way to do it now, but <laughs> one of the things that pains me the most is to walk into a cigar store and see cigars displayed in open boxes. I mean, that yeah. just completely, completely breaks my heart, but I get it. It has to be done that way. And... Uh, but you know, when we make these cigars, everything we did was the cigar would would, would have that taste and that smell. Mm. We use the uh, we use that tissue paper because it, it it the tissue paper breathes, and the cigars are able to marry each other inside the box. And then the boxes we cut the wood the same day that we make the box. So if you ever open up any of the Aero, any of the Aero cigars mainly, a, uh, you open those up and you get that strong cedar smell, 
And for some reason, back in, in, in the 90s, someone, or maybe even before then, before my time maybe, someone put into people's minds that cigars had to be aged. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that I wanted to address. And Go ahead. Doing this because, look, at we do all the aging for you. And I think that that originates from the cigar boom, people making a lot of cigars that weren't quite ready. And yeah. people would assume, hey, listen, you know, the tobacco wasn't ready to make the cigars, but if you age it in your humidor, it'll be okay. And I think the, the Cubans perpetuated that a lot because they had a lot of inconsistencies in their in their manufacturing and their tobacco as well. But anyway, we do all the aging for you. These tobaccos are all aged four years, five years. When you buy stuff from us, it's pretty good. And not just me. When I mean us, I'm talking about anybody here and, and, and the respectable companies that exist today. You buy that product, it's ready to smoke. You don't need to sit back and wait. But because I know people do this, I want to make sure that, that our cigars rested in boxes that the smell was going to stay there, whether you opened the box a, uh, the same night you went home and bought the box or eight months later or two years later, the cigars will hold and taste exactly the same because that, that's what cedar does. And that's why cigars and cedar marry each other so well. They're a very good couple. Mm, that's very, very cool. You want to tell us a little bit about the uh, first 20 line of cigars? Um, mm. How did that come about? And then how did the... Uh, Colorado come into that. You've already shared a little bit on that, but why yeah, we, yeah. did you choose to expand that with this? You know, I started in the business 25 years ago yesterday. So that's really? when I got to Honduras. So yeah. really, today was my real first day of work 25 years ago. Hold on. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here at, at the breakers in Palm Beach, and there was a plane flying over us. And I'm, I'm sitting outside. So What's anyway. Yours? And, huh, no. <laughs> so the uh, so when when we came, so when I moved down to Honduras in 1995, a uh, you know it's when I started working the business. So in in nine in in 2015, my father had grown this tobacco from, he got the seed from his father's farm, La Victoria, and he grew some of that tobacco. But to him, the tobacco was too strong. My father doesn't like cigars that are too strong, so he gave me that tobacco that he had available. And gave me almost almost a completely a completely finished blend. I changed the binder on it because I wanted a little more body. And that's when we came out with the Euro First 20, really to celebrate my 20 years in, in the business. And then after that, you know, we celebrate. I, I wanted to come up with the uh, with the uh, Colorado. And, uh, you know, for, for factual, just to make sure that we get the facts straight, it actually came out in 2016. It should become the first 21 years, but because we were delayed. But it's okay. We left the first <laughs> first twenty because making new bands would have delayed another eight months. Right. Then it would have come on twenty two. But it's been a great <laughs> cigar. Both cigars have been good. And I don't know why with the Edo first twenty, I wanted to make that one box pressed. I just always envisioned that cigar being box pressed. And that is the Mexican seed grown in Honduras. And then of course we have this other one, which is the Corojo seed, the Colorado, which which again means means reddish. And that that one is grown in Honduras as well. So everything I like cigars from the tobaccos from the same country. I like pearls. Uh, I just believe it, it, it's a lot more challenging to make cigars that way. It's a lot more fun, and I think it's more authentic, in my opinion. But that's just, I'm a traditionalist. You know, I just, you know, we don't go out there and, um, like, you, know, you can ask Jim or any of our guys. I never go into the market and, and sample other products and say, okay, you know, let's do a marketing study and let's figure out which cigars we want to use. I just tend to create the blends that I like, and I think that people are going to like and enjoy and, and something that I want to share. So, uh, is that true, Jim? Absolutely. Yeah. No, of course. He's on the spot now. I'm saying, ask him yeah. what I'm <laughs> I'm trying to make him look good for you. 
Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Barney, now, you, have a, you, know, I, you have a number was, of other lines under the CLE umbrella. Do you want to share a little bit about some of the other offerings that people can find from CLE? Yeah, but hey, real quick, now you mentioned Jim and, and you guys in New England. That was my last trip before this whole uh, before the whole COVID thing happened. I remember I was on the road with Jim. So before I went up there, it was like the second week, uh, the second uh, second of March. And I remember that week I had Jim. I was driving Jim crazy, man, because I kept calling, "Look, I'm not going." Okay, fine, I'm going. No, I'm not going. And finally, I was there, and I think it was what Wednesday night or Thursday night. I finally told Jim, yeah. "Listen, Jim, I'm leaving tomorrow morning, bro. Screw it." I think they're gonna close the airport, and they had started closing a lot of airports. So I, I we canceled the uh, we canceled Mickey Blake's, mm-hmm. and I said, "Bro, I'm well, sorry, I still did the event." And he, wow. Yeah, and he, he look, he was understanding. He probably thought I was a little crazy. Oh, uh, they were cool. Yeah. And then the week after, I was in the Carolinas, and I called and canceled with those people too. And it wasn't seven days later. I think the Friday after is when the fit hit the shin, and the world went absolutely nuts at that point. And I remember calling the people, say, "Hey, you know, I sounded so ridiculous, and and imagine what happened now." So, um, anyway. Yeah, and, and the rest of the portfolio, look, at we got cigars from Nicaragua. We got, of course, the Asylum Line, which is the, the, the most popular one. We make that with Naxa, and uh, that's the same people that used, to, that used to buy tobacco from my grandfather, the Oliva family. So we keep a lot of, a lot of lineage still intact. And uh, we have, then we have the regular CLE line. And, you know, cigars you want to try from us, probably the Medulla Oblongata, if you haven't tried it. That's where we make the same cigar, and that's on the, on the Asylum name. We make the same cigar round and box. Then we take the same round cigar, we box press it. They all sit next to each other in a box in a store. We have a natural Maduro. So if you ever wondered if you really like box pressed round cigars better, that's your chance to test yourself. You don't have to share with anybody. You do it all by yourself. But you can do the test. You both smoke both cigars. And the way you smoke it is actually both cigars at the same time, which is the hardest time, the hardest thing in trying to teach guys when we go to stores we do these these sampler packs, and we te- try to tell guys, listen, it's not a you just you didn't just buy four cigars. What we're looking for you to do is to smoke all four cigars at the same time. It's a sampling, so uh, it's almost think of it as, as a flight of beers. Oh, you know, once I <laughs> I say that, people finally understand it. You know, I was like, dude, it's not that you got to deal on four cigars. No, man, you're you're supposed to smoke all four, and what ends up happening, you end up gravitating toward one or two cigars that you really like more or best out of all four and that's really the part so you know we, we tend to go with taste all over the place we got mild cigars we go all the way to something mild like the asylum insidious and the strongest one would be the Iroa dark which right now is that's a, a huge trick because i like full body cigars i started liking full bodies again full body cigars again so mm-hmm. i like the Iroa dark i like the Iroa classic right now i'm smoking a little 48 by four real nice cigar as well and uh, of course, man, I love I love the Colorado, and yeah. you know that, that cigar like the Colorado is not for the guy that, that that likes to smoke when he or she's driving. I don't make cigars for that person, yeah, the, the, especially you don't. Like, you know, I don't, man. You know, I really like the guy that's gonna like the cigar, either at the end of the day, smoking in the back of his or her house, or uh, sit at the store. And take an hour and a half or two hours just to sit back and, and, and follow the smoke and enjoy the cigar and do it calmly, blow the smoke out your nose, get the right flavors, and truly enjoy it the way it was meant to be enjoyed. But, you know, everybody enjoys cigars in a different way. 
But this is definitely one of the cigars that I would like for people to enjoy uh, taking their time. Um, we have a question for you from uh, Rod. He's up in Canada listening to the show. And he's asking that he's got friends on both ends of the spectrum as far as cigar going goes. And he wants to know what you would recommend from your line for a newbie and what would you recommend for more experienced friends of his and why, he says. For a newbie, for example, if it's somebody's first cigar, mm -hmm. definitely the Asylum the Insidious. It's got the Connecticut wrapper. It's got a little sweet cap on it. And what it does is, I mean, it has, it has some good body, but something that we all forgot is that morning taste from the cigar. The first time we smoke is, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, it was like, it just doesn't taste good. You know, now we My wife does. Nice to it, so it doesn't bother us one bit anymore. So, uh, uh, and, and, but it, they have a little more experience, something like the Iroa you know, Colorado. That's mm -hmm. not a, really a full-body cigar, but that's a cigar that can sit back and enjoy. And mm -hmm. if somebody likes full-body cigars, definitely the Iroa you know, Dark, but they're hard to find. The Aero Dark is, is one that if you, and ever, if ever you find it, and if ever that retailer wants to sell you the full box, you buy the full box. You know, we make those, we make the boxes nice and flat on purpose, so they fit inside the humidor. So somebody can buy it and stick it inside the humidor, because we really want people to keep the cigars inside that box. That's why that we designed. That's why we designed the box that way. And if someone has a real leather tongue, I would refer them over to the, the Nicaraguan Asylum line. And I know mm -hmm. with Asylum, everybody likes that 70 by 7. Everybody, 50 yeah. by 5, man. 50 by 5 is a lot. That's yep. the size on that. Yeah. yeah. I do five. like the yeah. Triple Maduro. Is yeah, the Iroa CBT. That's a great cigar, man. That right there, when somebody comes in and asks for a full body smoke, that's the one I always tell them to grab. Yeah. That one for me is knocks my socks off. Every yeah, time. from our line, if you thank you, man, and, and our line, yeah, if you guys don't, if the Aroa Dark is not available, definitely the Aroa Classic or the Aroa CBT for, for body. They're mm. great cigars. Now, you've been in this business now for 25 years, which is awesome. What you. keeps you in it, especially with all the stuff that's going on with the FDA here in the United States? You've got, you know, COVID going on right now. What what keeps you going in the business? What what do you like about the cigar industry? You know, it's funny, man. A, a, um, if you'd asked me that question 25 years ago, the answer was simple, man. Hey, I want to keep the legacy, and that's just what we do, and I want to make money. You know, mm -hmm. so we've done that. Money is no longer an issue. And I remember I was connecting flights going to Panama, where it used to buy a lot of tobacco in Panama. Many years ago, so it was this, this Bible thumper guy. He's walking around with his Bible, and this, I'm Catholic. Let me clear it up. So I'm Catholic. It's not it's not an anti-religion thing, but you know, it's one of these preacher guys, and, and he sits next to me. He goes, "So what do you do?" I said, "I'm in the cigar business." He makes the face, "Oh, cigar, tobacco, that's so bad." I go, "Listen, do me a favor. If you can find a way for me to build a factory in Danley where I put Bibles together and employ 2,500 people." And I'll do that. So, and it really got me thinking over the years that it, it really is a chance for us to help so many people. There's a saying that I love by J.P. DeJoy, the guy from Patron Tequila and uh, and uh, Paul Mitchell. He says, something that's unshared is failure. You know, if, if we can't, you can't live a life and have never have helped anybody throughout. And I think that's what drives me now. 
you know, of course, we are a for-profit company. We got to make a profit to keep going. But I'm very focused right now on social issues. Uh, you know, I, I want to do, for example, in Honduras, I wanted to do a sports program. I couldn't do it because of the, the sports here, but the visas became an issue. Mm-hmm. And then uh, because I put up that Windward factory in Miami and my workers would come in, I'll get the visa and they would disappear like two months later <laughs> getting jobs. I said, all right, so that clearly is not going to work. Let's go focus on the next one. So we ended up helping the, the breast cancer center in Honduras. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a subject that has very little education over there. And now we're starting a reforestation project, uh, program. We've done Bayer. We've cleaned everything up at our place. And we're, we are the single most hygienic farm and factory in the world. They, uh, you know, people put cigars in their mouths. So it's things, it's setting new trends and doing things differently. And we're also starting a project now, which hopefully will, it'll be done by uh, December 2020 or definitely first quarter 2021 which we're going 100% solar. We're going to go off the grid and uh, I mean, not completely off the grid, but we're going to get as much power as we can solar. You know, the, um, the reason we can't go 100% in Honduras is simply because the power company does not buy power from us. So gauging that is going to be really hard, but we'll probably go, I want to think 70 or 80% solar. And, uh, you know, trying to change the way we do business and, and hopefully set an example for, for our, my friends and competitors in the business. Because we have to move the industry forward. And there are a lot of social things that we can do to help our, our, our people down there. There are so many good people in our countries. And you know, these people are poor, man. And But they deserve an opportunity just like everybody else does. And everybody, that's the great thing about the U.S., everybody gets that chance. So if we can transmit it somehow over there and help people at, at some level, that really is something that, that drives me. It wakes me up in the morning. And the other reason is legacy. You know, I would love to have a fourth generation now in the cigar business. I got three boys. I got uh, four nieces, one nephew. And I really hope they come into the business as well. And uh, it would be great to see if it does happen. That's fantastic. That would be great if that happened. And right, that's, Thank I'm you. glad you brought this up. This is one of the things I really like about CLE is the uh, real intentional way that you are putting back into the community and helping people there. And you've kind of made it your business to really, you know, not only employ people, but to do what you can to take care of them. You've brought in medical care there. Uh, What are some of the things that you've done? Some people probably don't know about this stuff. Like uh, you've had um, breast cancer stuff brought in there so people could get mammograms. What, you want to talk a little bit yeah, about you know, that? Yeah, so, social programs aren't very big in our countries. You know, social programs have been limited to, which is, I think is a great thing. A, a, you know, a lot of the Baptist churches go down there and they build canals for people. I mean, um, water sources, not canals. They build wells for people, <laughs> yeah. water sources, plumbing, and, and they do help a lot. But not much has been done, something that stays behind. You know, they do a lot of cleft mm-hmm. pilot. They, go, they, they do these medical things, but nothing that really stays behind. So I'm trying to figure out a way to teach people to think differently. So, for example, let's go to uh, our partnership with Bayer. I've always been a germaphobe for many, many, many years. So hygiene was always a big thing for us. But I was thinking, dude, but hygiene, if it's only in the factory, I can't stop these people from showing up. And and if they have the habits still at home, you know, Honduras is a country where you're on the highway, you just see people throwing stuff out the window, plastic bottles and bags. And they're very, there's a very poor level of education down there. Uh, 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 social responsibility especially so the Bayer uh, the people from Bayer actually go out to the community 
we teach people uh, how to how to clean their homes, clean their children, uh, just basic hygiene. Matter of fact, now dengue dengue is is, is a big thing because you know we start getting rain. Rain creates puddles. The puddles bring the mosquitoes, and then dengue fever starts spreading. So we're now fumigating into people's homes and teaching them how, you know, how to be a lot more hygienic. And the breast cancer thing is, is a huge deal. Now that is is a huge overtake. I'm not. I mean, I'm, we're not putting that one on our shoulders yet. We're not that big. You know, cigar companies really aren't that. We're not. You know, we don't. We don't have that kind of revenue to really take on such a massive program like that. But we do what we can, and we do expose our workers to it. And hopefully they do take care of themselves. And even now with COVID, you know, I, I, I was sickened and extremely upset with all these other factories that opened as soon as they could. You know, we took our time. We took five, six weeks to reopen. We retrofit the entire factory. There's there's so much distance between everybody there. We moved our sinks to separate everything because they just can't. What we do can no longer be just about money. There's nothing to it, and we got different kinds of companies. And I think, um, and I take a, a big example from from a very good friend and mentor, Carlos Fuente, you know, with, with the cigar family. And I realized that it can be done, and we can make an impact, and we can function, we can be profitable, and still help other people in this business, because that that really is incredibly rewarding. Even when you know, I'll sit down with Jim and and these guys, you know, one subject. You guys stop me if I, I'm putting you guys to sleep. But, you know, one stuff that really gets me is like this. And you see a lot of these discounting with cigars. You know, one thing that bothers me, I think it, it was on a conference call. I think Jim was on that call. And somebody asked, was it, you know, whatever, XYZ company started doing these crazy deals and all this. I go, look, bro, how could I possibly look at one of my workers in the face that got up at 345 in the morning or 4 o'clock to go to work every single day and then tell them that I think, and everybody in, my, everybody in my company thinks that their work is worth 35% less than what it should be worth. So for me, discounting a cigar is more of an insult to every single person that has something to do with it. Even Jim himself. You know, Jim gets up in the morning, he does his job. You know, how could I always, or how can I also say that his job, again, Jim doesn't get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, he's a cigar rep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these cigar reps have the life. So... Almost as good as retailers. Almost as good as uh, a Kurt's life, you know. But you know, the, the, the retailer, you know, retailers are reps. That's who you want to be when you grow up. Yeah, man. But how can I look at any of these people in the face and tell them, "Look, yeah, I'm sorry, man, but I discounted your work." It, it, it would never happen. So I, I take this, and I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just getting crazier in my old age. But dude, that that, that shit just drives me nuts, man. I, I get really, really, really offended when someone mentions something like that. I just simply not sell the product at all. They never do that. So it's just a different kind of mentality. Look at, you know, you, you have several different kinds of companies out there. And if you look at, you got the big corporate type guys, you got companies that are, are marketing based, and then you have a few still left of the family owned companies. Uh, Ernesto Carrillo, you got Carlos Fuente, you got uh, whatever, us, you know, I, I don't know, four or five more. I can't think of anybody else. So it, we just think differently because our name is on the product. We worry about the next generation coming in. It's not a quarter-to-quarter quarter thing. Mm. We're not trying to hit quarter numbers. We're trying to figure out how we can make the brands outlive us and how we can make it so that in, if you uh, or a retailer out there brings our product in and gives us six feet of, of shelf space, one foot, 20 feet of shelf space, how can we make it so that his shelf space is protected because we protected our brand? 
and that he or she doesn't have to worry about building our brand in, in the future because we protected it. You know, imagine after COVID, so many people got so worried and, and, and panicked, and that retailer could have had $20,000 worth of cigars at a retail level, but these people did those crazy discounts, and so our competitors, now that inventory is no longer worth $20,000, it's worth 13000 So not only was their store closed for two months, but now their inventory is worth half as much as they thought it was worth. And it's not fair. So anyway, sorry, man. I could just start right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want a huge So I need to ask, you've brought it up s- several times. What's it like being a germaphobe in a global pandemic? <laughs> Bro, let me tell you, man. The funny thing is, everybody looks normal to me now. You know, that's an example I can give you. You guys remember that movie, Interview with a Vampire? Yeah. Remember, uh, remember when he when he uh, he gets turned? Oh, so he sees things differently. I see that finally everybody else sees the world the way I do it. So I do, I've been the, the loneliest vampire, man. So, I, dude, I love. I was just, I was just listen. I mean, sorry, bro, but I, I love that everybody wears a mask. I love, that. <laughs> I love all these things, man. So, uh, of course, you know, we're joking, right? So uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I do like it. doesn't mean that, that I, I think it's normal or acceptable or I'm happy with it. doesn't mean I well, can't do it. It works. It's <laughs> <laughs> roll the window down. <laughs> oh, yeah. I go to these guys. and someone's knees, you got to roll the window down. It's crazy, man. <laughs> See, but now everybody understands. <laughs> That's right. Now, you shared a little bit about this, but, you know, being the head of the company and being in Miami, you're dealing with your reps here in the country. You're dealing with your employees in Miami. You're dealing with your employees and their families back in Honduras. And you know, whether or not the factory opens, whether it's closed, how much it's able to produce at any given time. How, what are some of the challenges you've had in this, you know, COVID pandemic leading like that back in Honduras, here in the States? You know, it's, I, 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 that's a really good question, man. I appreciate that question. You know, it was, um, I remember when we first heard that this thing was real, let's call it March 15th. I think it was a Sunday, whatever date that Sunday was. Can someone look it up on the phone real quick? Whatever that Sunday was. I want to say it was March 15th or 16th. It was the 15th. Yeah. 15th. All right. So we had a conference call with all the guys. And I did not know that one of our competitors had fired their salespeople or X amount of their salespeople. Whatever. We don't need to mention who they are. So I didn't know that's what everybody was thinking. So I, I, I remember I, I do the conference call. And we had no clue what this pandemic was going to look like. We absolutely had no clue. We thought it was going to be two weeks, and we thought it was Easter, you know, and, and we, you know, no one ever was <clears throat> expecting this thing to be a two-month or three-month thing. So we, we told the guys, there are two, two missions that we have here. Number one, my commitment is not one single person loses their job. I think we, have, we adjusted the uh, car allowance, and we adjusted the cell phone expense because I, I really need to, needed to protect whatever cash we're going to have coming in. And... And the next thing we're going to do, so nobody in Honduras lost their job. They, they went home for five, six weeks. Everybody collected a salary. And our sales guys also were able to collect salary. No, no, one had, no one had to fear for their jobs. That was a commitment I had to everybody. And number two, we protect our brands above all. 
I've been in this business at the end of the end of the cigar boom in 2000 and, and, and I'm sorry, 1997. I was here. Not a political statement, just a factual statement. I was here for the 2008 election because we knew that that administration was going to bring in the S-chip and the industry tanked that year also. And there were there were very constant things is that the, the companies that protected their brands survived. So I remember talking to all the guys that night. And I said, look, guys, we don't know what's coming. Your only job, I don't want you guys to call anybody selling anything. Just call your customers. Be there for them. We are all scared. We're all worried. They're nervous. You're nervous. I'm nervous. Just call them. Be their friends right now. Maintain that relationship. If they take the call, great. If they don't, fine. If they vent, fine. Let them vent. That's what we're here for. You know, we got to let them know that we're here for them. And I did notice a big shift. As an industry, we were extremely fortunate because cigars were not really hit. And this brick and mortar stores were hit. Because a lot of stores were forced open. I, I want to say, I don't know, 90%. I don't have the exact stats, but let's say 90% of them. The companies were actually uh, doing fairly well, which was great. Look, as long as customers and the, 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 the uh, those who wanted cigars could get cigars, I thought it was great. But I did worry that the brick and mortars were not going to survive. I was extremely and pleasantly surprised when I saw the industry open up back, back up again, when I see stores open up again. And the amount of support that the stores have received has been incredible. All across the board, all across the country, they're having they're having good good weeks, good days of sales. And um, some have even gone as far as to say that they made up what they lost in March, April. That made it good for them. And June has been that good for them. So I was very happy it all turned out really well. But even if it hadn't turned out well, uh, we were ready. We were ready to support everybody. And also, it was comforting, like a week later or two weeks later, that, that the uh, PPP came out. That, of course, was, was very helpful. I felt bad about taking it until my banker told me, listen, stupid, everybody's going to take it. Taxes are going to get raised to pay this off, so you're just going to be paying for somebody else's. So you might as well take it and, and help your people. So that, of course, was, was something that was extremely helpful for us. And, um, and it was a good time to, to show a little leadership to our own people as well. You know, because I'm pretty sure Jim, Jim, as a, as a kid in college, everybody, everybody was there across the board. Back right, dude, kick that guy out of the room, man. COVID everywhere. You're gone, Jimmy. That guy is pacing zero, man. Was that was was that Barney Rubble? Yeah, that was Barney, Barney Rubble. Rubble, Rubble. Rubble. <laughs> Rubble. Barney. It's all good. Oh, very good. Now, you have your own plane, right? Your pilot's yeah. license and everything? Yes, sir. Yeah. Have you always wanted to fly? Yeah, man. Dude, when, when uh, you know, back then the road from Tegucigalpa to Dan Lee, mm -hmm. one of the farms was, it was, it's only 50-something miles as the crow flies, but it used to be a four-hour road, road trip. The, so my dad would always fly to all the farms and it was only 15, 20 minute flight. So I grew up around the airplanes. I remember the crop duster would land. And as the crop duster was, was taxiing to the hangar, I would hang on the wing. And I used to love the smell of the fumes, man. I don't know why. Of the, of the poison. So that may have something to do with whatever's wrong with me now. And even sometimes like I would go fumigate and I would sit in the, behind the pilot seat. There was a little room, little space back there, like a cubby hole. 
and I would sit there while the guy fumigated. So I always loved airplanes. And my father had an accident in 1977, became paralyzed in, in a 185 Cessna. Oh, man. So when I learned to fly during college, it was really just to piss off my father. And, but I never really realized I was going to like it this much. And, and as far as owning airplanes, you know, you're able to depreciate them. But I learned this from Bob Francois, the guy from Thompson Cigar. He goes, look, you either give the money to the government or you enjoy yourself. So the government gives you a lot of incentives. So when you look at it, I only really spend, because I don't have to hire a pilot, I only really spend twenty or $30,000 extra a year uh, than I would be doing flying commercial. And I, I get, I don't have to fly out on Sundays. I can fly out on Monday. I can come home Friday nights, not on Saturdays. So I gain, I gain that family time, which, which it just never comes back. And I enjoy it. Imagine now, you know, my, my accountant's always complaining about it. I go, listen, you know, we're doing cigar dinners now. And we are the only people traveling right now. So mm. the airplane is going to get paid off. And, and whatever that airplane costs to buy and whatever, everything is, is probably going to get paid off in six, seven weeks. And <laughs> it's a lot of work. A lot of travel is exhausting. But we got to get out there, man, because imagine now you have Dominican factories that are closed. You right. have a, a, whatever's going on. You have other brands out to the discount of their products. So retailers really need a true partner right now. And I've always believed, yeah, and we use this word partnership very loosely in our business, but I really do believe that we are linked together. And, you know, it, you know, we're part of the chain and they're part of the chain. If we both come and work in sync, we can really develop a, and deliver a great product to our customers. And that's what we're looking for. It's, it's good placement, good communication, great feedback. And hopefully at the end of the day, what we have is, is a bunch of happy customers. So, that's awesome. We're getting near the end of our segment here, and I'd like to hear what people think about the first 20 years Colorado and the pairing here. Dave, what are your final thoughts on this cigar? Well, the cedar is definitely popping for me. Um, it's very smooth, maybe a little creamy. I think their pairing is um, definitely bringing out a lot of uh, spice and retrohale. Uh, I give it two thumbs up, Dan. That's awesome. What about you, Nicky boy? Nicotine. Nicotine. Well, I finished my drink. It was delicious. Shock. No surprise. Shocking. But the cigar and the pairing, it was scary. Scary good. <laughs> it was delicious. It was. The vanilla in the cigar and the vanilla in the drink and the spice. It was, oh, it was, I can go to bed with this. It was crazy. <laughs> I loved it. And not because you're on video or anything Thank like you. that. He it, says this about every cigar he smokes. When no, <laughs> no way. This cigar is amazing. Did you say that about the black owl, the, the white owl? No, yeah, I do. <laughs> the Al Capones that we smoke on the weekends, me and, uh, me and Danny. <clears throat> Backwoods grape. Yes, so good. <laughs> Great man. Go, go, go with, the but with the pairing, I thought the pairing, being 100 proof, I thought the pairing was going to overshadow the cigar. I thought it was going to be too strong. But with it being as smooth as it was, the cigar and the pairing were inseparable. Isn't it, it awesome it when that was, happens when you get the right pairing? It's amazing. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. Paul, what about you? 
Uh, I, I felt the cigar was absolutely phenomenal. It was a. I'm cigar. sorry, the what, sir? The cigar was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> We don't have any odds up here. Yeah, it's absolutely uh, a phenomenal cigar. The cedar sweet, woody creaminess of it is just so well balanced. The pairing actually uh, was really, really good. It brought out a lot more of those uh, sweet creamy notes from the uh, cigar. And the cigar actually smoothed out the drink. Too, so I felt that it was it absolutely was a complimentary pairing, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful pairing, Kendra. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, totally agree. Kendra, do you think you did a good job with the pairing? Of course I did. Hey, give her a hand. The postmaster wins again. What I will say about this pairing is that I've enjoyed this bourbon neat a couple times before tonight and. Um, before tonight, <laughs> before, tonight. before tonight, yeah. <laughs> so and tonight, it did it did change the way that I I enjoyed the bourbon. Like before, I lit up the cigar. It was um, a bomb of vanilla with like a pepper finish, but it was a quick finish. And now I almost see it as like a a toffee just balanced like smooth where i didn't get a sharp pepper finish it was just kind of like a little bit of a a bit of heat in the back of my tongue but it wasn't like sharp pepper so i think the cigar actually created a better balance mm -hmm. for sure thank you now jimmy i, I know this is your least favorite cle cigar <laughs> but do you want to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> <Just> to me <laughs> No, this to me is is the flagship uh, within the company. Um, it's a fantastic cigar that's very dense, has a super slow burn. Mm. This is a cigar you sit down with and relax. This is not one to drive around or cut the grass or whatever. No. You want to relax with this cigar, uh, and you look at the burn. It's just it's amazing. Mm. Um, as far as descriptors. To me, it's it's corojo, natural sweetness, and there's definitely a spice. And then in the middle, it gets it, now this thing's kicking. Yeah. We get some strength going. Um, to me, just I mean, I love this cigar. Yeah, this is a cigar just to relax them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, agree I with totally agree. Favorite cigar that you make. Thanks, uh, sir. I really, really enjoy this. It's been a favorite of mine since it came out. It is smooth, creamy, and incredibly nuanced. Um, I, 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 I totally agree with you, Christian. This isn't the dishwashing cigar. This is the cigar you sit, you get something nice to drink, and you relax. Right. And that's really what cigars are for. They're there for you to relax, rest, and enjoy the time, either with yourself or with friends. And this cigar does that incredibly well uh it went great with this pairing i this is my first yeah. time with the knob 12 year and, no. the and this uncut too. That, we didn't cut it so it's, it's higher strength so right this is raw and, yeah and it's yeah. just really really good it complements the cigar really really well so kudos man i i'm Thank very you, glad with the cigar again and uh i'm yeah. glad you were on the show
You're like you going to think black. The sun's going down over there. So the timing is good. <laughs> no, guys, thank you. Thank you for the invitation, like man. <laughs> thank you for the invitation. And thank you for making the time, man. It really is uh, really, it really is nice being with you. And, you know, let me show you guys something real quick, cause I, only because I want to make you guys jealous. <laughs> Look what I've been looking at the whole time, man. Look at the background now. I don't know if you guys see the palm trees. Really is beautiful. You got the pool right there. You got the beach right oh. behind me. Oh. Oh. Why do you go to show us that? This, 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 this writing his thesis. No, because, you know, I was even talking to Alexandra. go, listen, man, let me pick a place because I don't want these people to, to get that jealous. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. oh my Definitely goodness. not jealous right now. <laughs> Christian, anytime you want us to do our show down there, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Let us know. Time, yeah, listen, there's the breakers in Palm Beach. It is a whole different thing, man. Which, by the way, I also love because it's. It, I think they keep like a 25 or 30 percent occupancy. So I love it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you get your own kitchen, so you can cook your own food. Dude, you get your own elevator. You get your own everything. <laughs> I can, I can get used to this. Oh, it's germaphobes heaven. That's fantastic. No, man, but thanks for everything, man. And by the way, I just, just, you know, I want you guys to continue the study I'm working on. It's a non-scientific study. But have you guys known any cigar smokers that have gotten this thing? Uh, no, I think that's one of the reasons I have not had it. Bro, keep asking. I have heard of one or two guys only. Yeah, I only know two. Cigar smokers? Yes. Yeah. They're customers. Yeah, man. It's really odd. Not, we're not getting it. Well, I've heard in Australia and other places, they've been giving frontline workers nicotine patches because they found that they're more resilient yeah, to the knows? coronavirus. All right, man. Well, continue the study for me. I can't All right. Back. We'll you continue will. and we'll report back. And the All next time you get Good luck. the whole Thank German you, man. thing make up to New England, you do this live with us, okay? All right, buddy. Good luck, man. Bye. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. All right, everybody. We're back. And please welcome Mark Mormar to the show. Mark is the East Coast Sales Manager for La DC Distribution Group, the U.S. distributor of Savinelli Pipes and Tobacco, and also the owner of Cornell & Deal, who makes this tobacco for Savinelli. How are you doing there, Mark? It's good to see you. I'm doing great, thanks. Good to see you as well, Danny boy. Oh. So you got a full crew there today. Yeah, we got a full crew here. Thanks for hanging on. It's kind of like, you know, watching The Tonight Show or something, right? When the guest, you know, has to sit there and wait his turn coming onto the show. Yeah, usually though, they get treated to all kinds of uh, candies and pretty girls and stuff in the green room. Yeah, Dave forgot to send the pie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it, no, it's, but actually, it's it's interesting, you know, um, watching it, especially live, you know, having you talking about the cigar and, you know, it was, it, it's been a good segment anyway. So it's been fun for me. Oh, good. good. I'm glad. And people, we are smoking 
Savinelli Juno tonight. And um, Mark, do you want to tell us a little bit about this tobacco here? Yeah, I mean, it isn't terribly complex in terms of its components. It's, you know, um, it's really for um, anybody that likes Virginias, but particularly if you're a Virginia lover, uh, you've got, um, it's a flake mm -hmm. and you have stoved bright Virginias mixed with stoved reds, then restoved, and then to that is added unstoved fresh, you know, some sweetness to the topping of it. Using, you know, without using the tobacco um, language, taste in the, the, the top end of it is going to be a little bit sweet as we add that. Um, yeah. Um, and that's it. I mean, it's just Virginia's. It, it's prepared carefully, as I said. Each is stoved individually and then stoved together, which changes complexity and the flavors as it is. I don't know how Jeremy Reeves comes up with these ideas. Um, but it's really sort of, uh, you know, it's the pinnacle of Virginia's and it's our Carolina, just straight out of the box, you know, one Virginia um, mm -hmm. complexity in different ways than, than that. Um, a trio of tobacco devised by Savinelli. They wanted pay every year. They come out with some. And this year in particular, they wanted. <laughs> if you're looking for um, something that links them together, what it would be is that they're all very, very different. So the Juno is 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 a Virginia. The Janus is uh, Virginia with Oriental from Turkey and Greece. And then you have Jupiter, which is a, a burly based with a little bit of Virginia and dark fire and some molasses added to it. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're cohesive in that they're completely different. You know, you're hitting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and there you have it. All right. So can, you want to tell us a little bit about what stoved Virginia is what is what is the stoving process and what does it do to the tobacco so you, know, you have to you have to figure out a way uh, um, to either use the tobacco and it's just form out of the ground in which case it's not going to burn right if you just take a leaf and roll it up and try and burn it it's not going to do what you want it to do so you're going to have to prepare it and, and cook it a little bit in some way, shape, or form. Uh, mm. Audio is popping in and out. Frequently. Uh, and cooking it under, usually under low temperature for and that's more what the stoving process is about it's about 
sort of cooking the tobacco over very low heat for an extended period of time to allow its nuances to come out. So the Virginias are, are, are particularly flavorful on the sweetness end to it. And so um, if you get it right, you'll pull out um, the sweetness from those leaves and its innate flavorings mm. without overcooking it and burning it. So when you, you know, when you stove it twice, you have to be pretty careful because it'd be easy to overdo it. Um, sure. It's like a simple process. Oh, you know, but try anything at home, cook it and then recook it. You can easily ruin it, right? Um, it just becomes too well done. And that can happen with tobaccos as well. So it, it's, it, it's painstaking process in this case because that second stoving has to be carefully watched. Mm. Now, Kendra, we are drinking a beer with this tonight. Yes. Is that true? We're drinking a beer. What, pray tell, is it? So this is from Prairie Artisanales out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Super crafty stuff. Uh, this beer is super, super crafty, and it is called Bourbon Paradise. Super crafty. So Bourbon Paradise has everything that we would love here as a group, but um, it's an imperial stout, mm. and it weighs in at like a 15% ABV. 15? Yeah, this is Ooh. like right up Nick's alley. He's like, nice what? Yeah, nice and four. Wow. I love them strong. I love them black. <laughs> it's like a brown bread. Wow. So what yeah. is really interesting yeah, right? about this beer is that I did a little bit of research and it gets nearly a perfect rating on those like beer like apps or you know, yeah, right, the beer snobs say this is like Supremo stuff. Mm. And when I ordered this, I thought I was ordering a keg, but it came in as a bunch of <laughs> bottles. So that's <laughs> why Paul didn't get a taste. Yeah, exactly. But uh, with the first few puffs and the taste of the beer, like it, it has reminded me of like a toasted coconut cookie. A toasted Whoa. coconut cookie. It is. It is. Yes. You and Bree just come up with the best <laughs> descriptions of this. Yeah, the like the beer was really strong at the first taste before the tobacco, but now I feel like it's well-rounded and enjoyable cookie. Now, Mark, I don't see, but Kendra is smoking the bee pipe, the bee honey pipe. Last show, bought it. Buying it, Kendra. Wee. <laughs> mm -hmm. She's right, got the honey those. pipe. She's got the honey yeah, pipe. You're not able to. You're not. Your production value isn't such that you can move the camera around, huh, David? No, it's that low. You need <laughs> zoom in on faces to get their reaction shots. You know. Not yet. Not We're yet. There. Yeah. We'll get Maybe. There. Give us a few more months. Okay. Fair enough. What is LGD able to do to maybe help us get to that point? We're accepting sponsors. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, it made Jimmy so excited he dropped party foul. A tamper. Table. Right. 
Mark, what what is uh, Cornell and Deal coming out with in the next couple of months? Can you say anything about what we might be able to expect? Yeah, I can tell you um, the next two drops are going to be pretty exciting. So in July, towards the end of the month, we're going to have Sunbear again. We, we introduced that for the first time last year, thinking that maybe it'd be a one-shot deal. We didn't really produce. Oh, there goes Mark. He's down. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh my uh, gosh! We didn't really. We, sports we didn't. That was a stool I was on that moved over. Um, we didn't really <laughs> a whole bunch of them from uh, last year, not knowing exactly what the reaction was going to be. And and if any of you smoke the Sun Bear or are interested in it, it's it's a, it's a wonderful in so many ways, and not the least of which because there's actual bee honey that's used from. Uh, uh, Jeremy Reeves, our master blender, his own beehives. Um, and the reaction was so strong that we're doing it again. So that'll be released in July. And then it looks like in August, we're going to have a brick and mortar exclusive, which we've never done before. Mm. We've done that with, we've had it with pipes, but we've never done it with tobacco. So you guys are going to see something special just for your shops here within a couple of months' time. And that's, we're that's we're just finishing up that blend now, so I can't really tell you what that is yet. Okay. Okay. Now, am I remembering right from our conversations that that kind of came out of one of your discussions with uh, Laudisi to do something specific for brick and mortar? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the credit really goes to you guys as retailers who, um, you know, we're able to develop a, a relationship that isn't just about the dollars and cents and what you need that moment, but we have the opportunity to sit and talk and put our heads together. And, you know, I always like to tell my retailers that, um, you know, more than, than selling, I'd like to be a resource for them. So tell me what you need. How can I help you? And time and time again, the one of the things I was said was, hey, we see that you do some tobaccos for different online companies, um, and we can't get them. It doesn't seem fair, and they're right. It's it's not fair. So we said, you know, um, we need to do something for the brick and mortars because they are the nuts and bolts of my side of the company, right? We don't mm -hmm. LDG. Um, everything flows through LDG, and there's a particular division of LDG that goes to the much larger accounts that sell online. But for the 90% sure. of what we do, and exclusively what I do, is dealing with brick and mortars. So I need to be able to give you some sort of a resource that gives you an upper hand. And and that was one of the things that we talked about. We need to give them something. And we're hoping if it does well, it's something that we can do you know, maybe a couple of times a year, um, and not just a one-shot deal. So if the reaction is good, this can be a regular thing. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I would like to hear what people are thinking of Juno and the pairing here. This is a very potent uh, beer that we're having. And there was, I know, some concern about whether or not it might be too strong for this tobacco. Kendra, being the potion master here, what are you thinking of it, the pairing in particular? I told you that it was a cookie. 
it does kind of mellow out the beer a bit, which is good. I think that it's not overpowering, in my opinion, but you guys are the tobacco masters. I'm just the potion master, but I think it's enjoyable. What do you think, Jim? Uh, I think it's actually very, very full body tobacco. Um, It's marrying well with the high... High alcohol beer, yeah. Mm. It's great. It's, I'm enjoying it. First time ever trying this tobacco. I, I have a silly little pipe here, but uh, overall, it's very tiny. It's very. It's it's nice. Uh, nice smooth and the room, the aroma, the room presence. Yeah, it's great. It's so a question for all you guys. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ken's just trying to figure the lighter out. <laughs> you close this the thing top. is crazy. <laughs> no, Jim's taking it while it's open. Paul, what do you think? Well, the tobacco is exquisite. Exquisite. Ooh. Exquisite. Exquisite. I get a lot of deep, rich, dried fruit from this tobacco. <laughs> it really is phenomenal. Uh, the pairing, it's like a dried drink. cherry. Initially, I got a lot of chocolate flavors from it. Uh, mm. Just a little bit of plum. It's almost like a chocolatey plum flavor. Chocolatey. Yeah, plum. if you can, if you can envision that, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> chocolatey plum, but it's not plummy. It, it's not overpowering the tobacco. I think the tobacco, the tobacco <laughs> has enough body to keep up with the. Uh, drink. Mm. It's bringing out a little bit more of the earthy, woody notes from it. The retrohale is nice, smooth spice. So I think it's a very, very good pairing. I think it's uh, it's a complimentary pairing. I'm not going to say it's contrasting. Not contrasting what by any means is absolutely complimentary. It's a good comparative pairing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Comparatively speaking, Nick. <clears throat> Your Nick, thoughts, please. Nick, uh, I'll give you a chance here to say what you think. To save yourself. It's contrasting <laughs> for me. It's contrasting <laughs> yeah. for you. Good really? Yeah. Right. I'm getting a lot of chocolate coffee notes out of this. The drink, loved. Okay. The tobacco, loved. Individually separate. Together, I was... I didn't like them together. It was too much. The drink had too much chocolate espresso in there. Mm-hmm. It was very thick. And the tobacco was very light, fruity. But as I'm continuing down this path, it's going pretty well together. Mm. Dave, what about you? I should let you have a chance to talk. <laughs> yes, you should. Well, I'm a big fan of the Juno just because it's uh, Virginia. And I'm loving the pairing. I think it's bringing out the raisiny fruitness even more. Um, 
Good word, raising. Yep. Uh, I'm enjoying it very much. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> I don't get chocolate uh, at all. No, I don't get chocolate. Oh, I do. You get I chocolate? I do too. Oh, yeah. You get chocolate? Yep. Plummy, raisiny from there. Some I There's get sweetness there too. There's a real deep sweetness. My favorite thing about the pairing and how it works, it, this is a really strong, you know, drink. You know, I agree. Um, I would hope so at fifteen percent. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's not out of control. No, I mean, it's, it's not out of control. It's a at sipping all. beer. Oh, you, you can drink this smooth. room temperature. It's a sipping beer for most people. For Nick, right? It's a good chugger. <laughs> that's why uh, he hated you know, it. First. But well, Nick's a baller, so he would be. That's chugging not true. Beers. The finish is really long. <laughs> Yeah, the finish is really long on that, and I think the finish really goes well with the tobacco. You you take a sip of the beer, let it sit there for a second, and then pull, take a draw on your pipe, and it just makes the tobacco pop. That I do agree with. I think with the finish, it tones down the tobacco mm -hmm. a little bit more. It kind of cuts the the sweetness out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it brings the the flavors from the background into the foreground. A lot of the woodier notes come through. Yes. yes. Yeah. Are I you, think I think this is an all day tobacco, right? Like one that you would you could fill your pipe all day. And, you're and gonna stay have with to fill it. that all day. Look at that little. Well, thing. I know. It's, <laughs> first, so, very poor example. But so we what I'm place. saying is, this is a blend that you. You could enjoy it all day, like morning or whenever you light it yeah. up. Oh, yeah. It's I totally a, agree with that. Yeah. I've had this all times of the day. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm interested, Mark, in, in what you get out of this tobacco. Do you think this lives up to the, the goddess Juno, the woman herself? Well, as a, uh, a June baby myself, and having recently found out that I'm half Italian, I have to Ooh. wholeheartedly feel that, um, you know, the godliness of Juno is well represented in this tobacco. Um, you know, I, I like I like that you guys are getting some of that like dried fruits like a raisin because I get some of that too, which, you know, sometimes in the stoving ends up being, um, could get a little bit lost, I think. Um, so, you know, for guys who are used to smoking so much, um, it'd be easy to either miss that if you're just constantly tasting things. And, but, you know, you're, you're, what I appreciate coming on the show and being invited um, is because I know that you're actually going to taste the tobaccos and try and find something in there, whether it's good mm -hmm. or bad. Yeah. Uh, I like that you're looking for it and can actually find it. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, get, I have a question about pairings for you guys. And I'm wondering... Sure. Where do you, where do you, I mean, we sort of take it for granted, right? We're smokers and we're drinkers, a lot of us. Yes. Um, and so how much Especially attention, how much attention do you put in one to the actual pairing? Like if you're at home and you start with, I feel like smoking, you know, uh, then what? this is what I'm going to drink with it or we're going to need subtitles. Say, say it again. Um, yeah. The audio is cutting out. Oh, it is? Yeah, I don't know why. a little bit. 
Okay, I'll, I'll come a little closer, but there's no change here. So yeah, the question is, how are you approaching your pairings? Like when you're at home, are you choosing a cigar or a pipe tobacco that you want to smoke first and then saying, this is what I want to pair with it? Or you just normally have a beer in the evening anyway? Or, you know, if you're going out to the bar um, or, you know, you're upstairs and you bring a particular tobacco with you, how much real thought are you putting into what you like to drink? Like I'm mostly a gin and tonic drinker. Mm-hmm. It doesn't pair poorly with a cigar, but it, in many ways, it's not going to enrich it in the ways that maybe, a, you know, a single malt scotch will. Um, so when you go into the bar, are you thinking, oh, I, I, can you just do it? Or will you actually think about a pairing? That's a, That's a good question. question. Yeah. That's a very good question. Um, Paul, why don't you take a crack at that? I think we go with the tobacco first, and then we try to figure out what the drink will pair with it. But that's when we come to our potion master to help us out with it. We may have an idea of what we think would be, but then the potion master takes us in a completely different direction, which we wouldn't have thought of. And 99% of the time, it's phenomenal. But how often do you... How often do you actually do that? When you go upstairs with a cigar, how often do you say, you know, um, Kendra, this is what I'm smoking. What do you think would go good with it? You like drinking, you know, a particular Glenmorangie, and so that's what you just get, whether it would be the best pairing or not. We, we, we have to be open-minded, Mark, with, this, with uh, what we're going to pair it with, because she, has, she and Sam and the other bartenders has opened up a whole new world for, at least for me, and I think the rest of us will agree that what we thought would pair well and what they uh, have come up with can be two different things altogether. And uh, so, you know, Kendra has been phenomenal with her drinks, and uh, Sam has been phenomenal with his drinks. And I, I mean, I have expanded my horizons tremendously since we've been doing this. And. Uh, now I'm taking it home with me, and I'm I'm introducing it to uh, my girlfriend and and the, the different drinks that we've been doing here, and just enjoying a whole different repertoire with uh, with our pairings. You know what I think would be interesting, Dan? What would be interesting, um, Mark? I mean, it'd be a little tricky to do because by you know a certain point, you know your taste buds are going to get fried, but. Um, maybe instead of doing one, maybe then one of the next times I'm up, we could do instead of a cigar and a, and a pipe, mm-hmm. uh, tobacco, but contrasting two different tobaccos that are similar and what, what in description anyway, should be similar in, in their ingredients and with the result that you get of it, whether they're, you know, both Cornell and deal or, or even comparing, you know, something like a gay with to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a Cornell and deal. You know, take two different Navy Flakes, try them both, and see how they're comparing to one another. You know, um, it could be kind of fun to see what we get out of them. I not, like not that. That's pretty cool. One's better, sort of a thing, but just to compare and That's contrast. That's a good idea. Brilliant. I, I'm I'm very open to that. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of going to your first question. One of the great things about doing this show is that we come up with really good pairings that then can be introduced at the bar. Uh, I know several months ago, 
we paired uh, penicillin with the <laughs> joie de vivre. Yes. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. By Cornell Deal. Yep. And we really found that that particular cocktail goes very well with English and Balkan blends. <laughs> and everything and else. We tried it again last week with Plum Pudding Special Reserve. Mm-hmm. And it did go really, really well. We Sorry were, about the that. only problem with it was that there wasn't as much as we wanted or, as Nick would say, needed to go with this <laughs> For sure. You know, um, but those have been, you know, kind of left at the bar for, you know, so, so that people know what to offer for what people are smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you, but like Paul is saying, um, you do, if you really want to pair something right with what you're smoking, whether it be a cigar or pipe tobacco, you need to be open to what the bartenders suggest up in the lounge. And because of their experience, you know, there and it, what's been augmented really by the show here, they really have some really good ideas, but are probably not going to be the regular things you would do. I'm a gin and tonic guy myself. Um, I like martinis. Martinis really don't go well with c- cigars. Martinis go well with everything. One hundred percent. Never can go wrong with a martini. I don't know that. You're martini, a man after my own. The gold so standard. Probably because we went to the same high school together that we think that. Dan, uh, never argue with that hammer martini, martini that we had with the <laughs> tradition. That went very well. That went very well. And the Empress 18, 1908, that was, I've bought three bottles of that stuff since that. And now my wife likes it. I'm going to be in the poorhouse for the rest of my yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff is just the bomb. It was good. It. What about? The first time I had gin. Really? Yeah. I'm not a gin drinker. That's the first time you had gin. First time. I I usually do tequila, rum, bourbon, single malt, peated scotch, the whole nine yards. But I, I, I'm not a gin drinker. You're eight yards. You need a martini. Thank you. Nick is familiar with everything that comes in handle form. Yes. <laughs> not so much so with everything that comes in smaller Bottles. No, I think it's a waste of money. His pipe is bigger than mine, though. I will say that. <laughs> yes, I like big bowls, and I cannot lie. Ooh, uh, Mark, what are some of your favorite gins? Being a gin and tonic guy, um, you know, out of out of the ones that you commonly see on a shelf um, at your neighborhood bar, um, Hendrick, I think, is really nice. That's come on strong, and it's a little bit ubiquitous now. Um, I'd say probably my favorite um, is a sort of a small batch out of Germany called Monkey 47. Mm. 47. Yeah, which, uh, you know, with the right tonic. Because, you know, the thing what, what people – the thing about gin is that it has so many um, 
botanicals in it, that the tonic that you choose is really important. You know, if you just put Canada dry tonic in it, you're going to kill a good gin. Mm -hmm. You know, unlike there, there are some really nice tequilas or, you know, rums that you don't want to blend with anything. Mm -hmm. um, Because you're taking something great and you're just distilling it to the point where it's not recognizable. With gin, it's different. You almost need something to bring out those botanicals in there. So like um, Hendrix, which has a little bit of rose hips and cucumber in it, you know, if you literally, if you take a cucumber and put it in the glass, it enhances the gin that's in there with a nice tonic too. Um, Yeah, those are two of my favorite. I think the two most that I'm drinking now are Monkey 47 and Hendrix. I think Hendrix just mixes well with a bunch of stuff. It's hard to kill it. Q-Tonic is a quality brand. It's natural... uh tonic quinine yeah. yeah it's heavily marketed in the united states yeah yeah fever tree is a good brand fever tree there. Yeah. yeah kendra do you have anything to add to that being the potion master that you are <laughs> <laughs> on, on a topic of gin and tonic um well, no, I agree with the the quality tonic. Uh, I've tried some Fever Tree, and I did thoroughly enjoy that. Um, did love the Empress nineteen oh eight. That was that was a good good cocktail. A little bit of lemon juice, Saint Germain, and some soda water. That yeah. was that was really good. Um, I'm not a huge drinker as and with gin though. I, I don't oh, I don't I was gonna say you weren't a big drinker. <laughs> I know I do. We all know that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um I, I don't buy a lot Hold of gin, head. honestly. <laughs> but but yeah, no, I totally agree that it does it does matter how you're mixing it and what you're using for quality mixers in terms of tonic for sure. Yeah. So, Kendra, I have a question for you. So, you know, not everybody can come down to your lounge um, and has the benefit of a bartender like you who either knows cigars or pipes or their mixtures very well. So for the guy who's a cigar smoker who goes, even if so, you're traveling like I do, right? I go to a bar somewhere. I don't know the bartender. They're not really a smoker. But I still want some help trying to find a nice pairing without me going with something. Can that work? Can, is there something that, as a bartender, you could hear from a customer who's having a cigar and describe it in some way um, that they'll come up with an idea for a drink? Am I explaining that well? You know what I mean? Sure. Um, it does happen, actually, kind of often. I think that what we need to uncover from the customer is uh, a little bit about the cigar. I don't know every cigar. So if they can tell me a little bit about the cigar that they bought, or if it's a cigar that I'm familiar with, like that's absolutely perfect. And, you know, I think we want to find out from the customer what their base spirit is. Like, what do they enjoy drinking? If they're not a like bourbon drinker, then I'm not going to go down that road, but Um, We want to kind of uncover what they're smoking and what they enjoy on the regular. And then from there, kind of match up the strength and the tasting notes. And, you know, we're going to do our best to make it at least a 
complimentary on the strength level and a little bit on the like tasting notes too. So I feel like most of the bartenders at the 724 lounge could make that happen. And it just has to be like a little bit of Q and a to try to uncover what they're looking for and how we can make them happy. Right. That makes sense. Um, hold on. Oh, sorry. To kind of piggyback on Kendra, what I do if they're coming, well, if they're going up to the lounge, they try to help her out of something that is on sale and make them drink to address my sitting situation. And then everything goes. Strongest cigar with the strongest alcohol. That's it. Good. That's what I recommend all the time. Wings only like right here. We got a Maduro. <laughs> we it's got to be 130 proof bourbon. <laughs> That's it. You have a good night. That's it. That's it. You got your vanilla. No, I try to. Chocolate, I, I try to steer them in the right direction. I don't know if Paul does this. I'm pretty sure Paul does. Uh, Dave does it. Danny does it. If they're gonna grab a cigar, and they and I know they're going upstairs, I always try to recommend the drink for them to make it a little bit easier. Uh, for when they're asking Kendra or Bree or Kimber or Sam to match with their way of pairing with their cigar. And basically, I never match anything under 120 proof. No. I find anything under 120 <laughs> to be really weak. Basically, as long as it's strong, basically it's wet. Yeah. <laughs> if it's <Yeah>. wet. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be honest with the customers. Yes, that's good. <laughs> Paul, you well, that's have admirable. Some news for us tonight, correct? What are you going to do? Something different. What are you doing? Damn it, Jim. News segment tonight. <laughs> well, this may not be industry news, but it's certainly twins news. Ooh. Guys, it actually happened. We got a Padron smoker to try something different. Oh, oh that is news. So that is new. We have this this customer who's been with Twins for a long, long time. Talking uh, about Fred. I, I will not say his name. Oh, too late. But uh, he has been a huge Padron exclusive, exclusivo Maduro buyer for many, many years. <laughs> That's all he smokes. It's all he smokes since I've been there. And uh, he was uh, reluctant to try anything different. So it just so happened a couple of weeks ago, we were getting very, very low on the Exclusivo Maduro. We only had a few left in stock. Uh, he wanted to, uh, he was usually comes in for six or eight at a time. And uh, we only had maybe, what, three or four to give him. He wanted a few extra. He was really kind of disappointed we didn't have his cigars in stock. I used that opportunity to introduce him to another cigar, my cigar, the Cigar Privé, I explained to him that that cigar was cigar. created for a Padron smoker, uh, and uh, he actually decided to try one. I think it was reluctantly, but he actually tried to, decided to try one. And last week he came in, he looked at me, he waved over to me with his finger, and he said to me, where is that cigar that you had me try? <laughs> and I brought him over awesome. and he actually said, I love that cigar. I'm going to add that to my collection, so to speak. 
when I come in and buy my my padrones. He's not getting off padrone by any means, but he's Who's going to Royal? include that cigar in his purchases. So for all you padrone smokers out there, <laughs> there are other cigars besides padrone that you can enjoy. He loved it. He thought it was really, really good. It was. Uh, I, I felt like a, a, a proud father. I told him that. I said, I, I, he's a few years older than me, but I actually felt that I was a proud popper at that point. And I told him that too. So, and a boy, Paul. Anyway, if you can, uh, if you can just Hello. maybe try a few Hello. other cigars that we would recommend. If you can top that, bro, more. Drone, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> That's awesome. That's some good news. And I can back that up. You know, this is Pastor Padron talking. And when I started in cigars over 20 years ago, Padron was all I smoked. Where do you think that nickname came from? I was working at a little smoke shop called The Little Taste of Cuba in Princeton, New Jersey. And I walked in to do my shift. And the owner... Uh, looked at me and said, oh, look who it is, Pastor Padron, oh. And 20 <laughs> years later, it's still Pastor Padron. 20 years. But I have learned that there are a lot of really good, enjoyable cigars out there, not the least of which was the one we had tonight, the Aroa First 20 Years Colorado. It's like driving a Ferrari right off the lot. Is it a, yeah. a Padron? As in, does it taste like Padron? No, not at all. But it is an amazing, amazing cigar. And I'm glad my palate has expanded to include other things besides the amazing Padron. Yeah, take a The Juno here, for instance, very, yes. very good. It's stuff. great. Yeah. It yeah. is. There's a lot of deep fruit notes. Yes. Wood, you know, a little bit of uh, bread. The sweetness on the room note is incredible. And I just love how it pairs with this beer. I don't even remember the name of it. What's the name of this beer? Bourbon Paradise. Bourbon Paradise. How appropriately. How appropriate. Mm, very smoking in paradise. I love it. I was actually surprised that we would get a brewery from Oklahoma, of all places, into Twins. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's just like a very popular brewery amongst the beer snobs. I've never heard of this brewery before, and I really? consider myself to be a, a beer advocate. This I'll show you the inventory person. list of this this rep. There's so many it's out insane. there. I mean, you yeah. can't keep track of them, but I mean, no. of all places, Oklahoma. I know. Here in New Hampshire. They do some good stuff, I guess. Well, yeah. They, they have uh, nothing else to do. We had their IPA on draft um, very recently called Pineapple Y'all. It's a <clears throat> pineapple double IPA. Pineapple Y'all. Pineapple Y'all. <laughs> y'all come back now, you hear? Yeah. It, <laughs> and it was damn good and it sold very fast. It's all gone. All gone. Is that bottle or is that a keg? That was a keg. Okay. keg. <laughs> That's awesome. uh, I don't know that you've been on the show since we started this segment, but we have uh, started doing would you rather questions, Mark. Okay. You want to hear this week's would you rather question? 
Yes, please. Oh, you're yes. going to, so. Okay. <laughs> this week's Would You Rather question, and we'll start with Mark. Would you rather never be able to use earphones or never be able to use a fork? Say that again. Never would you never be able to use earphones or never be able to use a fork? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I, I think That's so that, easy. That's yeah, I could for you it would be easy. Headphones for me. I, I think headphones. I could uh, I think I could do okay without a fork. There's chopsticks. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> By the way, if you think about you know, sports, sports. Is like, what? There's a fork. Whenever people eat on the show, they're always using chopsticks. Doesn't matter. Watch any NCIS episode. Whenever they eat, they're always eating Chinese and they're always eating chopsticks. That's no one a TV show, Dan. It's funny. For comedic value? I don't know. I don't know what it is. This is like they can't afford forks on American television. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to look for that now. Right? <laughs> yeah, look for it. It's true. I like the spark. It's either that or hamburgers. Yeah, that's right. There's always a spork. There's always a spork. That's not a fork. It's a spoon and a fork. Yeah. That's why it's called a spork. Spork. That's <laughs> what so, knowing my I'm clear as to your choice. Clearly obvious. Yeah. Are you going to give up the headphones or are you going to give up the fork? Mark. Me? I'm giving up the fork. You're giving up the fork. Oh, yeah. That's In fact, crazy. I give up the that fork totally anyway. fits with you. Kendra now, Kendra, what are you going to do? Quite bad. Headphones admirable. or fork? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I hate these headphones. At the first opportunity, I've been I survived the eighties with headphones. We all did. Yeah, I can <laughs> totally live without headphones, but I'm going to eat with my fork forever. Finger <laughs> food. I don't need technology. I need food. Jimmy. Jimmy, what about you? Well, I'm a huge music fan, but eh, probably going to go with the, the fork. The fork. Yeah. You're going to stay fork, with the with fork you. or give up the fork? Give up the fork. Give up the I've fork. I've changed my mind. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you're part of our generation, man. I fall asleep to the wall like a million times with headphones, so I can't. So you can't sleep without your headphones? Well, not that. It's, it's another story, but I don't <laughs> want to deal with, you know what, I'll forego the fork, I'll use my, my use my hand. Yes, Is sir. that a pipe you're holding? I can't see it really from here. We're not sure. <laughs> Is, that, Is that the same size? It's a new electric <laughs> pipe. It's a Tesla pipe. It's a Tesla it's pipe. Battery. It's got the fuel there. So, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna go with out the fork. Okay. Nick. Uh, give up headphones or give up the fork? No, giving up the fork. 
giving up the fork. I yes. do a lot of Strong outdoor life. running and <laughs> hiking and climbing mountains, working out. Kidding me? <laughs> you eat. No, so there's always much. a speakerphone. Really? No. I eat a lot. But I'll pick up some chopsticks. I'll pick up two knives or something. I don't know. I'll eat with my hands. But the headphones, no. I cannot. Absolutely not. I It's the only way to listen to an album, in my opinion. Or what are they called today? C D or the single headphones. <laughs> I gotta have the headphones. Yeah. I, I gotta have the headphones. That for me allows me to escape reality. So when I'm on my tractor, when I'm with the chickens and the turkeys, when I'm with the dog walking, or I'm on the mountain. The reality is your wife? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. Whoa. Oh my god. Oh my god. All right. Sorry, that's what I wasn't. Here's Bob with the weather. That's, that's, that's behind the scenes show. That's a that's a that's another show for another day, ladies and gentlemen. But I, I couldn't live. I couldn't live without the headphones. I couldn't live without my music. I would it would have to be a fork. No problem, hands down. No fork. I'll eat with my hands. I'll go back to the Stone Age while I'm eating steak with my hands. Uh, the headphones, I couldn't. I What's couldn't wrong do. with speaker phones? All right, Dave. No. You're giving up headphones or you're giving up a Dave, fork? Please save us over there. Um, what do you get? I, I would totally give up the fork. Thank you. Thank you. Because, not, not because I use headphones a lot. But no, because, because you, you use a fork a lot. A fork <laughs> can easily be replaced. Whether it's a fork, it's a whether it's a toque, whether it's uh, chopsticks, whether it's your fingers, it, it doesn't matter. You don't you don't need a fork with bacon. So I give no. up the fork. No. Bacon is everything. I agree. All right, Paul, what about you? I, I can't live without a fork. I'm sorry. I, I just cannot see myself cutting into a nice, juicy steak with Swore a knife. every crack. And a, and a, I can't do it. No, I'm giving up the headphones. I don't like headphones. Well, you still have toques. No. I'm old school, man. I'm old school. I can live without the headphones. No problem. No. Yeah, you can always get a steak. You can always get a steak tip sub. No. I can't see cutting a steak with a spork and a knife. <laughs> I've done it. Just take no. way too much time. I just can't use see a toque. cutting up a good ribeye rib with a no. with a chopstick. Chopsticks. <laughs> that doesn't work either. And you know, toque, which really is not a thing. You know, it is a thing. Well, then, no, I, then I challenge the people who said they would not want to give up the headphones to actually do a week without a fork. <laughs> Nick, you I'll know, do it. You know, I see you eat during the day, man. <laughs> I want to see you for the next week not use a fork. So seven days. I'll do it. Chick-fil-A. That's a challenge. Order. I'll do it right now, starting today. Starting Tomorrow. Wednesday when I'm in with you next. I want to see nope, you without a fork. starting today. 
And this guy eats before he eats and then eats again. Whatsoever. I'll record every day. Every time I eat. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. (laughs) Go. You're going to. Welcome to the Not Just Blowing Smoke reality show. At home and at work. Use yep, things the rails. without a fork. You're going to use chopsticks or whatever. Yep. And we're going to show that video yeah, on absolutely. next week's show. <laughs> Which it'll be like a 40-minute video because no, no, they eat every few hours. Donuts, so. if, we, if we put up the whole time we're eating, we, we wouldn't have time to talk about nothing. No, that's true. You, eat you, like would, have, you would need a whole episode just for me eating. But that's I that's promise that's you, if it's a challenge, every time I eat, it won't be. It will be I'm without sorry. a fork. Brad wins because pizza does not need a fork. I rest my case. There you go. There you go. All right. Thank you, Brad. What does that have to do with anything? You can put no, anything. It's really pizza. not sure, Dan. Who eats pizza with a fork? Anyway? We're talking about forks and you forks. You don't eat pizza with a fork. There's a whole lot of things that you don't. You don't eat a hamburger with a fork either. That doesn't mean you want to get rid of it. Hey, hey, I can't see you. Oh my God. There we go. Anyways, how about this? Uh, how about uh, tobacco? Yeah, Mark, what, what do you think about this tobacco? I mean, I know the higher ups are probably watching, but what's your opinion of this stuff? I, I like it. I like it. It's, 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 it's okay. okay. I do. I do. It's it's my it doesn't suck. Best Virginia. Um, no, I like Virginia. Although I've been smoking a lot of Burley recently, um, I'm sort of been on a Burley kick. Um, but um, you know, is it my favorite um, Virginia? I don't know. I mean, it's only been out what a couple of months. At least smoke it a lot. Um, but I, I think it represents, I think it represents, um, you know, that other side of what Virginia can be from like the Carolina red flake, which is essentially untouched, right, you know, right. um, you know, how much can you do to it, you know, and still keep it just Virginia. You had, you know, the two different types and you sort of cook it one way or another. And I like that this sort of is the other side of the corn, the coin to the California, uh, Cali- uh Carolina red side of the corn, corn kind coin. Uh, <laughs> but the bigger question is, what if you guys like it? That is and, a big uh, question. You know, Dave, what, you are the Virginia that lover. Work into your, uh, Thanks, what, do you, what do you like? I I love this. You know, it is really. You know, I love this. Don't you know? <laughs> you know about my. Hmm. Can you actually say something about it instead of just ming into the mic? <laughs> mm. <laughs> One more time. The the dried fruit, the raisins. It's so smooth, uh, very creamy. There's the retro hail. It's absolutely amazing. It's my favorite I part. You. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Nick, let's get you out of the way next. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. What do you want me to I say? No, it's tobacco. <laughs> you know, it smokes. It's good. It's yeah. great. It's smokes stuff. great. Are we drinking? Yeah. Like drink it. is great. <laughs> Together. Look, the tobacco's great. The drink's great. Separate. It's gonna be 
a little off-putting for somebody that's not used to that pairing. But all I can say is give it a chance and it'll uh, go back and forth and contrast on each other. And like a seesaw. it'll essentially match up. I liked it. It was great. Paul. I actually am going to put this up with the Carolina red flag. I, really, I, I, I'm a big fan of that too. I love Virginia. I love the deep fruit. This has some really deep, rich fruit with it. And that is, uh, that's why I'm going to say this is probably on par with the Carolina red flag. Uh, it's got some nice woody bread notes too. Uh, the pairing is going really, really well with it. Kudos, Kendra. I really think this is a fantastic pairing, not overpowering at all, even though it's a 15% juggernaut, but it's uh, it's not an old uh, beer. It's pretty mellow in terms of the uh, uh, the notes you get out of it, and uh, I think it went very, very well with tobacco. Now, Jim, I know you had a very little pipe. But no, in all sincerity, just I find this to be a, a very well-made tobacco. Um, this is, like I said earlier, this is the pipe that you would fill every day. Like it's a, it's it's a great blend. Every five minutes, very very smooth. <laughs> yeah, every five minutes. No, but it's very smooth. Um, and with the beer, I don't think the beer overpowers it at all. I think even though that's a high alcohol beer, um, they both complement each other. So I, I wouldn't recommend this. Definitely. I enjoy it. What did you think of the pairing, Kendra? Did you think that it was overpowering at all? Not at all. Not at all. I feel like it complemented each other very well. And like I said before, if, I mean, if you're into cookies, this is a, this is a good pairing. And he's not into sure. cookies, no, right? really, though, it's um, he's not into cookies. The, the beer was a little bit intense on its own, but put it together, and it just is like a little bit, just that much more mellow, where you're just getting this like really nice sweetness. It's really just um, like baked kind of taste to it, and. I think it's it really worked well. Um, it's a strong beer, but I think because the beer is so well made that it's uh, a little bit more on that balanced side. It's it's smooth, and that that helped the pairing mm. a lot for what our concerns were. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the pairing worked out very well. Yeah. Uh, again, I think the best way to enjoy the pairing is to take a sip of the beer, let it sit for a minute on your palate, and then take a draw on the pipe. And I think it brings out a lot of the deeper, woodier notes in the tobacco without losing the fruity, deep fruity sweetness of the Virginias. Um, I agree with Paul. This is a very good um, high-end Virginia flake. And, um, if you're a Virginia lover, I really recommend this tobacco. I think you should try it. This is going to be part of the regular uh, production tobacco that 7LA is going to offer. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. It's going to stay in the uh, in the stable. Yeah. So to speak. <coughs> well, thanks for being I'm with us, man. Going. We appreciate it. 
It's Thank always you, good to see you, Mark. You're Mark, one of our Mark. favorite regular guests. I appreciate nice it. You, Mark. Yeah. I like uh, I like being looped in and and seeing you guys too, especially when Kendra joins in because then I've got a pretty face to look at. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes, I know she's the prettiest of us here. <laughs> well, Dan, you're close second. <laughs> it's only because half I'm my third. face is covered with this beard. <laughs> Otherwise, there wouldn't be a contest. Come on, I'm third. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's it for Not Just Blowing Smoke next this week. We'll see you next week, 8 o'clock, Monday night. Look forward to it. It's what, are, what are you smoking? Uh, we're going to smoke the Rocky Patel TAA, the Exclusivo. Very Exclusivo. Nice. And I have not yet settled on a pipe tobacco. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be kind of a surprise. Oh, you settled on any pipe tobacco? I have not you settled you? yet on a pipe tobacco. Right. I've gotten very ahead as far as picking the cigars. Right. But I have not been very ahead. Just want to be clear. Picking the pipe tobacco. You never settle. So why don't you do, Dan, why don't you do a blind tasting then? Ooh. Ooh. A blind tasting. A blind tasting. Yep. Oh. See, and you, and you can't you tell guys... what it's going to be either. She's going to have to take a guess at something that's going to go with almost any pipe tobacco. That's crazy. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. That's crazy nuts, man. Yeah, that's yeah. putting the postmaster, you know, really on the spot. Don't you think? Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> to shake things up. Yeah, smoke some dairy cherry or something. Oh, no. <laughs> dairy. Oh, oh, dairy cherry. Oh, oh, oh. it won't be dairy some cherry. Some Cavendish. Dairy <laughs> right. cherry. But uh, <laughs> I think that's a good idea. And that would be a good lead-in to what we're going to be doing at Pipe Club over the next couple of months. We're going to be doing blind tastings at that uh, for the next several months. And, you know, kind of like, you know, the Padron guy who never smokes anything other than Padron, you know, we're going to uh, take the band away, so to speak. Obviously, pipe tobacco doesn't have a band. It has a tin. Uh, or a bag if you're getting the uh, bulk version of it. But we're going to be blindly smoking a number of Virginias, a number of Virginia Periques, a number of Burley blends, and a number of Latakia-based blends. I hate using the terms English and Balkan. They're so confusing, I think. But we're going to smoke those and kind of we're going to be doing a um, – um, bracketed tournament and the winner of each round is going to progress to the next we're going to come up with what Twins Pipe Club's smokers conclude is the their favorite pipe tobacco and that's going to nice. take place over the course of several months because so, uh, you can't do it all at once so but it'll be 15 rounds altogether it's going to be rounds. 15 rounds. It's going to be good. Yeah. So one maybe we'll year do something like that. Maybe we'll do something like that on the show next week to kind of highlight what's coming uh, at Pipe Club starting in July. July 11th is the next Pipe Club here at Twins. 
What do you think of that there, Mark? What do you think of them apples? I like it. You like it? I like it. Good. Likes apple pie. He likes it. I'd like uh, apple pie too. All right, sure. everybody. That's it for not just blowing smoke. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay smoky, my friends. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoking.